Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. This is episode 10. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast series is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today we've gone on the road. I'm home, sort of. We're in London at the 2018 ABA Rare Book Fair in Battersea. You can hear the sound of book selling all around. Our guest is John Gilbert, an expert on the James Bond author Ian Fleming. John is the author of Ian Fleming, The Bibliography, and what he doesn't know about 007 can be written on the back of a microchip, hidden in the top of a fountain pen, armed with a poison dart. John is also a bookseller with Adrian Harrington Rare Books, one of the UK's top dealers in antiquarian rare and collectible books. Welcome, John, to Behind the Bookshelves. Thank you. So, my first question, a real simple one, why do you have this strong interest in Ian Fleming? My interest in Ian Fleming, I think, like many people, um, goes back to the movies. I was I was a big fan of the movies as a as a child, um, or early teens. I, I would go and see the films, um, very keen as each one came out, um, and that in turn led me to the books. And when I read the books, I was I was really taken with them um, and wanted to know more, and then just got heavily involved in all things Fleming and Bond, um, the continuation novels, the, the comics, um, all of the associated merchandise that went with it, you know, um, I, was, I was hooked. So was it the character of Bond or was it the, the style of the, the adventurous style of writing? Um, I think it was both. Initially it, it would be the character of Bond because I came to Bond via the Eon um, film series. Um, and yes, you know he's a big screen hero. Um, and as a as a you know young impressionable boy, you you know you, you you're very much sort of taken with uh, you know the, the glamorous world of, of a secret agent. Um, but then when I read the books, I I really did enjoy Fleming's writing. Um, I do like thrillers. I like crime novels. Um, I, I deal as a bookseller in crime fiction and, and, and thrillers. Um, but Fleming, uh, his economy of writing is, is superb. Um, he has what sort of has become known as the Fleming sweep in his books. Um, and they're all reasonably short books. You can, you can read you know, in a relatively short period of time. 60,000 words at most. Um, and, and you're propelled through the books. There's, there's relentless action. Um, and as you say, there's an economy of words. I, I do think he is he's a particularly gifted writer with his... Um, he has very... He has a, has a great skill at describing things, mm-hmm. um, but again, economically. Um, and and he's, he's not just a thriller writer. He, he turned his hand at, at many styles of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was a very keen uh, cook or, or chef, and, and he wrote some you know cookery related articles. Um, he wrote about all sorts of subjects, um, really uh, fueled by his own interests. He was a children's writer. Mm-hmm. He was a travel writer. Yeah. Um, documentaries, you know, uh, true crime, this sort of thing. He 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 wrote about his interviews with crime lords and, yeah. and uh, you know chorus girls and things like this so um, Fleming's own life was fascinating in, in, in itself oh yes I find Fleming a, Fleming a fascinating person and also he had a, an extremely rich and varied life so um, he did very many um, professions before he became a thriller writer in fact um, he became a, a 
a novel writer quite late in his life. Um, his, his war um, service, his war history is, is quite well documented. So what would his resume look like if, if he was to, to list it? Well, um, he said himself he, he had quite a lot of failed occupations before he, you know, sort of hit the nail on the head with writing. Um, he was writing from a, a relatively young age. Um, as, as a teen at school he was writing poetry um, and um, he had an interest in, in motor cars and, and racing and um, quite a lot of sports actually. He was a very good sportsman at school. He was the Victor Ludorum, the champion of the games at uh, Eton for two mm -hmm. years in a row, which rarely happens. Um, and in fact, the first year he was he was younger than many of you know his competitors. Um, and he, so, w when he became a journalist uh, working for Reuters, um, one of his early jobs was um, he was um, involved in a, in a, um, a European um, rally. Uh, he was there as a sort of navigator. Uh, his driver was Donald Healy, um, famous rally driver, and, and lent his name to. Healy cars as well, um, and they had a record hill climb for the Stelvio Pass. Um, so Fleming was sort of involved in this, you know, firsthand. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, you know, he he he, he was a journalist. Um, he wrote um, all sorts of articles as as he was, you know, instructed to do. Um, one of his great sort of uh, coups in the early days was. Um, he was a, a special correspondent um, for the Times um, in Moscow. Yeah. There was a Stalinist, Stalinist show trial, yeah. which Fleming was, was sent out to cover. Um, and his reports, um, when they came back home, were very well received. And, you know, the young, budding um, journalist Fleming um, was, you know, really rather, rather you know, elevated in, mm -hmm. in the eyes of his bosses. Then the war came along. Yeah. Um, so this is a was, key period in his life. Yes. Surely. So he was in he was in Russia in, in Moscow, meeting people like Fitzroy McLean, Sefton Delma. Yeah. Um, who was obviously quite important during the war with the black propaganda, um, and, and Delma appears in some of the later Bond books. Anyway, he was there during uh, sorry in the in the in the pre-war period, and then the war comes along. Um, Fleming is recruited into naval intelligence, um, part time initially, but then full time. And um, he eventually becomes, uh, he, he, he takes the rank of commander. Um, he was the uh, assistant to the director of naval intelligence, a chap called John Godfrey, yeah. uh, Admiral John Godfrey. Godfrey uh, is in part the, the basis for the character of M in yeah. the books. Fleming had a lot of time for, for Godfrey. Um, and Godfrey, as the head of naval intelligence, was obviously all around the world, yeah. um, various covert meetings and operations. And Fleming, as his assistant, would be there right yeah. by his side. So he witnessed a number of things firsthand that then later yeah. um, so intelligence manifest in the, in the Bond books. Yeah. So intelligence isn't strictly spying, but there's many aspects that you would from surveillance to... Well, well, Fleming wasn't a spy. Yeah. Um, Fleming worked in intelligence. Um, one of Fleming's roles was an, as an ideas man. Right. So he had to come up with these often harebrained schemes to, to bring about the downfall of, of, of you know, the opposition. Um, but Fleming wasn't an active spy. He didn't work in the field. He didn't do the sort of cloak and dagger work yeah. that we, we associate with spies. What he did do was he worked behind the desk, his desk at, at Naval Intelligence um, Department 17, 
of the Admiralty. And he liaised with many important organisations um, and many countries as well. Um, and he would visit those countries. Um, he, would, he would often work as an attaché, so he was delivering material. Um, I've just come back from a, a, a new exhibition at Bletchley Park. It's the press day on Tuesday. And that highlights Fleming's involvement with the code breakers at Bletchley. Right. Um, that's just one aspect of it. He travelled to Washington, he was involved with the OSS, uh, the American version of the Secret Service. Um, he was also liaising with SOE. Yeah. You know, he he was working in a sort of administrative capacity, um, but he was also allowed to, to go out and, and you know, have yeah. these meetings as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he had quite a successful war, in fact. Um, you know, some of, as I mentioned, some of these ideas that he came up with, um, things like Operation Goldeneye, mm -hmm. Operation Mincemeat, um, yeah. which you know the wonderful journalist Ben McIntyre has written about um, in detail recently, uh, or over the years. Um, you know, a lot of these were were sort of formed in Fleming's mind, and then other people took them on, yeah. um, but uh, they came to fruition. Yeah. So you mentioned there was a, a real life inspiration for M. Yes, but for the actual character of. Bond himself mm -hmm. was there any particular figure that inspired? There are Bond isn't. It's widely accepted that Bond isn't based on one particular person. Um, there are many, many different people that, that certain aspects of their character have have, have you know, right. come into Bond. Um, there would be uh, during the war. We're talking about you know Fleming's role in the war. He would often be party to debriefings of secret agents, yeah. Yeah, um, operatives as it were, um, a lot of that Fleming would have locked away in his mind and then becomes um, Bond. Fleming was um, one of his, his, his later um, duties in the war was um, to oversee the, the, the works of 30 AU, that's a commando unit, 30 assault unit. Um, and they were operating on the beaches and, and, and behind um, enemy lines in, in uh, northern France. Um, Fleming, again, wasn't active, but he would have been debriefing his, right. you know, his top commandos. All of their experiences end up in the Bond yes. books. Um, his brother, um, Fleming, kind of idolised. Um, Peter Fleming, his older brother, yeah. um, was a, a, an adventurer himself. He and was, was he a, a writer too? He was a, he was a travel writer, yeah. very good travel writer. Um, you know, commercially very successful um, in, the, in the 30s. Um, and yes, Ian, you know, certainly um, I would say there are elements of Peter Fleming in there. Um, and then there's all sorts of characters from, from fiction. Um, you look at people like uh, Richard Hannay, yeah. um, perhaps Bulldog Drummond, you know, Fleming draws from these um, characters and, and, and uh, takes uh, and puts a lot of their, their detail into yeah. Bond, as it were. So the, the 007 character in the films has evolved, perhaps almost come full circle to, from Yes, I think you're, you're probably right there sort of glamorous to almost with a bit of a dark edge to him in the, yes. in the latter films. Yes. Um, in the books, did the character evolve? Um, yes, there, there is an evolution. I, I think he arrives as a fully formed character. It's, there's no doubt that Fleming was, was thinking about this book, um, Casino Royale, or Royal as, as Fleming actually would call it, um, 
you know, it had been in his mind probably since the latter stages of the war or, or just post-war, um, but it's not published until 1953. Yeah. Um, he'd said to his very close friend, school friend, Ivor Bryce, that he would, after the war, you know, settle down and, and write the novel to end, or the spy novel to end all, all spy novels. Um, so he'd been working upon this, forming this, this, this world, not just Bond, but, you know, um, M, Money Penny, sort of his idea of the Secret Service. He'd been forming this for, for six, seven, eight years. Um, so Bond does arrive in Casino Royale as a fully formed character. He's got his double O status. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a terrific debut. I would say it's, it's, it's one of the strongest books. But yes, you asked if he evolved. Um, I think he, Bond, you know, as we go through the series, and there is a certain chronology to the series, um, he has some, some, obviously, some very difficult um, um, missions, difficult assignments. Um, he has personal issues as well. Um, so it's fair and I to think say he, I think he becomes weary of the service. Yeah. Um, we see some of his sort of human frailties as well. Yeah. I mean, I won't. There's no spoiler alerts here. But, yeah. You know, he has person, personal personal um, tragedies. Um, yes, he's often questioning his role, um, and. I would say that the, the there is a, a greater depth to the character as the yeah. books go on. Um, yes, there is an evolution there, and then be, he becomes an older man, and um, yes, he's sort of looking at the wider world. Um, I don't think it's a <laughs> it's a spoiler to say that he uh, he, he does resign for, or he's looking. You know, he forms yeah. a re- letter of resignation from the service. Um, so we see his sort of. Um, you know, he's being pulled in certain hmm. directions. Is he a man of the time, a man of the fifties and the sixties? Uh, would he, would he get? Would those stories get written today if Fleming was alive? Um, I think they are of their time. Yes, um, I think there are certain aspects of the books um, which which set them in in the time. You know, we're looking at sort of post-colonial, um, uh, the, the, or post-empirical. Um, and Britain and the world, if you like, um, we are looking at a Cold War period, which yep. obviously doesn't yep. exist anymore. So I think um, the background to the books very much puts them in a, in a certain or sets them in a certain period. Mm-hmm. Bond himself, um, yes. I mean, I won't go into details or, or, or quote anything in particular. If you read the books now, yes, there are there will be certain there will be a certain language, yeah. there will be certain things that, that, that obviously date them, um, but I, you know they are products of their times, and I yeah. think we have to look at them in that context. Really. And the movies. So, would the legacy be so strong if uh, the movies had never been made? Um, I, no, I, I wouldn't say there is. Yeah. I, I think they were. It's safe to say they were um, extremely popular. Um, from the outset, when they were written, there are there are two key moments with that elevates the literary bond or, or brings the literary bond to a wider audience. Um, the first one is the um, the deal where um, the books were serialised in the Daily Express. I'm not talking about the comic strips; that's a yep. separate thing. Um, but the books themselves were serialised in the Daily Express from Diamonds Are Forever onwards. So just as that novel was being published um, uh, in the spring of 1956, yeah. they were in the Daily Express, which had a huge readership yeah. at that time. That brought it to a much wider audience than, than you know, just 
novel sales, as it were. And then a, a very key point is um, later on in, in, in the early 60s, uh, President John F. Kennedy, right. he lists uh, in Time magazine a famous... Celebrity uh, yeah, endorsement. There was a fa- or was it Life magazine? Yeah. To correct myself. Um, no, I think it was Time magazine. Anyway, uh, he listed his top 10 books mm-hmm. um, and From Russia With Love made it onto the list. It was the only work of fiction. Um, and the the Bond books, whilst they were popular in the Britain were, in Britain, were very much slow burners in the States. But with this, as you say, celebrity endorsement from yeah. the president, um, you know, an active young go-getting man. Yeah. Um, then um, it really, you know, opened America's mm-hmm. eyes to the Bond novels, and the sales thereafter were, were huge. So, what do you think is uh, Fleming's best book? Well, as I said, I think Casino Royale is a very strong um, debut. Um, my my favourite novel, and I think probably his best thriller, is From Rush With Love. Right. Uh, From Rush With Love is probably the closest book um, to that, that, that could actually happen, should we say. Um, it was based on, a, on, a, on a, an attempt to um, smuggle somebody from the Soviet bloc. Um, via a train, um, and yes, it, it, as I say, it's, it, it's the sort of it's the book that could really have, ha- have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I like <laughs> I like all of the Bond books. I think um, there are some experimental ones. Um, in particular, um, the Spy Who Loved Me is, is written from a female point of view. I think it was quite a brave thing to do, given that there was a Bond, a very successful Bond formula for Fleming. Um, and the sales of that novel weren't as great as the previous ones, but they, they were still, um, yeah. you know, incredibly high. Um, it had a, a mixed reception, but it wasn't a disaster, and it, yeah. was, a, it was a brave step. Fleming also, I, I find, is a very good short story writer. I particularly enjoy, enjoy his short stories. So of the 14 Bond books, 12 of them are novels, yeah. and two of them are short story collections. He wrote nine short stories. Um, he was a big fan of Somerset Maugham, um, Ernest Hemingway, and you can see, particularly in Maugham's case, um, those influences in his yeah. short story writing. Um, so From Russia With Love, I think, is a very good thriller. I would just say one final thing on the novels. Um, as I mentioned, he was, he was a travel writer as well. He wrote a book yeah. called Thrilling Cities, yes. which is a series of articles for the Sunday Times initially, but then they were collected into book form. Um, there was a, a European... Um, leg and there was a sort of rest of the world leg and he took in exotic mm-hmm. places like Macau and Hong yep. Kong and Las Vegas you know these sorts of places he was looking at the sort of the darker elements of these right. famous places perhaps sometimes the seedier sides yeah um, it wasn't a standard travel guide as we we knew it um, now the Bond novel you only live twice I think is the is a is a is a very good travelogue with a, a with a spy story attached to it, as yes. it were. But that's probably his 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 biggest travel book right. um, in terms of the Bond series. You know, live twice. I think it's a very very good book. He researched the subject very well. He would always visit the places that he wrote about. Um, so in Diamonds Are Forever, for example, he's already been to Las Vegas. Um, in You Only Live Twice, he spent a long time in Japan. He'd been to Japan twice before. Yeah. Um, so incidental intelligence was one of his things. And right. I think that dates back to the war and to his time in, in the newspaper. Chitty chitty bang bang. I'm a father of two. 
I've read it at bedtime to both my children, and I grew up on the film. Uh, the book is very different to the film, but it where is. does that book stand in the Fleming legacy? It's quite different to all the other things that he's written. It is, it is. Uh, many people don't know that Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, I would say, you know, creating Bond is, is a monumental achievement for one person. Um, he's created perhaps almost as big a screen hero in Chitty uh, as he did with Bond. Um, it, it has its own life, Chitty, rather like the magical car itself. Um, it, it, as you say, it did become a film which was very different to the book. The book is quite a, a small, um, you know, it's, it's a short story. Um, they were based on the tales that Fleming imagined for his son and, and, and read at bedtime um, for his son Casper. Um, these were put into book form at the very end of, of Fleming's life. In fact, he didn't live, sadly, to see the, the, the published book. Um, and then the, the film followed a few years later. Um, the film was scripted by Roald Dahl, yes. who had worked on the James Bond screenplay for um, You Only Live Twice. Um, and some of the very dark elements were down to Roald Dahl rather right. than Fleming, such as the child catcher. The child catcher, of course. Yeah. Child catcher played by Robert Helpman. Um, Classic but, Dahl, of uh, course, isn't uh, it? Yes, yeah. very much so, yeah. And people don't realise that, that Fleming and Dahl were actually yeah. quite close. They, their relationship goes back to the war, yeah. in fact. I guess um, the book shows that he really was versatile. He was much more than just a spy writer. Very much so, very much so. Yeah. And in fact, one of my favourite quotes from all of Ian Fleming's writings isn't from the James Bond novels. It's from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and Fleming writes, never say no to adventures. And I think that sums up that book, but it also sums up Fleming's life as well. I think that's a great lesson for us all. And I, I think we'll uh, call it a day there. Thank, Thank you, John Gilbert, for joining us. Thank uh, you, Richard. Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name is Richard Davis from Ape Books. If you like the show, please tell your friends, or like it, or share it, or tweet it, or leave a comment, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. <laughs>